Sony shows its true colors, Microsoft open sources a couple faces, and Xbox is headed back to Germany. Happy Friday, friends. It has been uh, it's another week. I, I, there was no podcast last week because I was taking a little vacation with the family before the school starts back up. Uh, but we are back. It's another week. We got a bunch of questions into the hopper. There was a lot going on. There's a lot of Sony controversy, although it's not new controversy. Uh, Microsoft is doing some other weird things. So let's just dive in. Hopefully you had a good week. Mine was wonderful. And Microsoft decided you know what? Our emojis are so sweet, we are going to open source them. Okay, so Microsoft announced they're open sourcing their emojis, their new 3D emojis. I'm not, unlike other open sourcing projects, I guess I understand. The emoji one's interesting, I guess, uh, if other companies want to include Microsoft's emojis or contribute to them, they're now more than able. I... I think the emojis are fine. They feel a little weird inside of Teams, but that's just me personally. Uh, either way, open sourcing emojis, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure there are other images like this that have been open sourced, but this kind of feels like a new, different side of initiative that Microsoft is taking on uh, with, with with this. Either way, uh, Microsoft also has finally delivered ARM 64EC for Windows 11. Uh, this allows ARM and x64 code in the same process. This is a big deal for more complex uh, developer and applications that are on the ARM platform. Microsoft, it, it took them a year to bring this to market, but hey, it's late is better than never. And so this is just another one of the hurdles along the way to making ARM a more viable product. It's only, it's taken us a while to get here, but a more viable product and an easier to develop for product as well. So it's a good thing all around. And so either way, things that aren't so great lately is Microsoft has been making cuts quietly, not on the massive scale. Again, we've already seen some cuts across the, uh, you know, small cuts, I should say, at Microsoft. Again, 180,000 people there. Uh, they apparently have cut laid off their modern life experiences team. I believe this cut, this org was in California. They were doing a lot of different research. They worked on things like mile IQ and also family safety. I don't think family safety is going away. I think it's going to be rolled into another division. Uh, but they did make additional cuts there. And so this sparked off with a bunch of controversy. It's like Microsoft is getting rid of their uh, another consumer team. And is Microsoft abandoning the consumer? Well, uh, uh, abandoning consumer is the wrong. It's too far down the rabbit hole. But I mean, Microsoft, let's be honest, is always and primarily focused on the enterprise. That's not saying they do not have a consumer focus. They absolutely have Xbox. Xbox is their strongest consumer brand. Surface is arguably still a consumer brand, even though I believe the majority of the sales are targeted or at least pushed towards the enterprise as big bulk purchases where Microsoft sees a lot of success with Surface. And so they do have other platforms. Windows is another one and things like Edge as well. So they're not leaving the consumer brands or the consumer market, but it's decidedly clear that Microsoft does better in the enterprise space than they do in the consumer space. And so investing heavily in the consumer space does become a bit more challenging unless it's on the Xbox side. And so uh, it's just kind of something to keep in mind. I mean, you, there's a laundry list of things that just have not worked out for Microsoft in the consumer space. And so uh, the headlines that Microsoft is giving up on the consumer are we're, we're not accurate uh, either way. Uh, there, it looks like there are also some cuts at LinkedIn in some marketing positions. And so it's just that time of the, the, the economy cycle uh, where we've had a bunch of booms and now we're getting close to some more, you know, more conservative uh, approaches to just the economy in general. 
Uh, there are a couple new builds of Windows 11 out this week. Nothing too crazy, overly notable, just that Microsoft keeps on pushing this stuff out. Uh, speaking of pushing things out, Patch Tuesday came out, and so you probably have already been prompted to restart. If you haven't, you probably will be soon. Uh, but there was also some uh, susceptible to damage processes that happened with a previous Patch Tuesday. So if you had a Windows 11-ready CPU with Vector Advanced Encryption Standard, there's a possibility that using BitLocker could have damaged some of your data. That's the bad news. The good news is that this has all been patched, and if you probably haven't experienced any data loss from this, you're more than likely not going to. The other bad side from this is that Microsoft's workaround is a very slow process. If you're using BitLocker, and that's how this is, I believe, enabled, it can take up to two times longer. So you're getting a significant amount of performance loss uh, by, by installing the patch in the workaround so you don't lose data, which is obviously the preferred path. So just keep that in mind. If it feels like BitLocker or something along those lines is taking a lot longer than it used to, this, is, uh, this explains why. Uh, Microsoft is also working on a designer tool. We've known about this for a while. Just more information leaked out. It looks like it's going to be, it was codenamed uh, Oasis. And so just more images leaked up. It, it's kind of hard to determine now if this is going to be like a, a true like Figma competitor or if this is more of just a, a more fancy editor for PowerPoint. So we'll have to wait and see when that product fully comes out. I've, again, fully expected to be somewhere wrapped up in that Microsoft 365 or Office 365 bundle, depending on where you are in life and what subscriptions you subscribe to. I'm not expecting it to be a standalone product, but it's just another thing that Microsoft is adding. On to the gaming news, Xbox announced, hey, we're going back to Germany, that's Germany with a J. No, I'm just kidding. It's not Video James, it's Video Games, and it's Germany. Uh, they announced that they are going back to Gamescom. They will have booth, they'll have virtual events, they will have, I don't think it will be as big and as loud and as proud as we had seen at previous events, because this was their first one back, and those things take a lot of run-up time. But they are going to be boots on the ground sort of thing at Gamescom, which is exciting. It's a slightly slow return to normal-ish, uh, even though the world is far uh, from normal. I'm really hoping we get some more Starfield information. That's that's the thing that keeps us all going. At least for me, that's that is the big game, and I'm like one of a million people into that bucket of who are really excited about this game. So uh, I'm hoping Starfield. That's what we hope to see. And so there we go. The big gaming news, and honestly, probably one of the bigger tech headlines making this week, is that Sony is paying companies to stop putting games into Game Pass. Now, there's obviously Microsoft is trying to acquire. Uh, Activision, and that's a very big, roughly $70 billion transaction, massive transaction. And Sony really doesn't want them to do that. They, they've pointed out how Call of Duty is basically a title on its own, stands alone, and can't be easily replicated, and that player base and all that. And Microsoft comes back and says, look, Sony, you're paying to not have games in Game Pass, which is good for the consumer, for the gamer, as Sony used to say, or whatever. Uh, so I, there's, I want to read what is actually written by Microsoft's legal team. It says, Microsoft's ability to continue expanding Game Pass has been hampered by Sony's desire to inhibit such growth, Microsoft claimed in the documents. Sony pays for blocking rights to prevent developers from adding content to Game Pass and other competing subscription services. And that is absolutely true. We know that to be true because of a leak previously. I, I, one thing I want to point out is this Microsoft's writing of this in this court document is not new. We've known about this for at least, a, I think, a year or something like that. We've known about it for a while. And you're going to say, Brad, how have we known that, that Sony was doing this? Well, I mean, there's always been the tea leaves of Sony paying for this. But remember the Capcom leak? There was a Capcom leak contract between Sony and Capcom. And they actually write in there that they, they, they call out Game Pass. Like, you can't put things on other platforms. 
platforms when we are paying for a, an exclusive. And so the language is already there. We've already known this, but it's again, Microsoft is coming back, rebuttaling against Sony's efforts. And really these two juggernauts are going to keep going at it. And uh, we should hopefully know I think somebody put together a timeline. It looks like in the next 60-ish days, we should roughly have an idea of when, like if Microsoft is going to face real serious uh, barriers to getting this transaction completed. So uh, also this week, if you're a subscriber to the channel, you already know, but also this week, and more information or more images, actually in this case, a video, I should say, of the white Xbox Elite Series 2 controller has leaked. Again, bringing us a little bit closer to market, somebody said, and they, again, we're going off the video and what they claimed. And they actually did a hands-on is that they bought this in the U.S. And so that's how it was. If that's true that they walked into a, a retail outlet and grabbed it off the shelf, maybe this launch is a little bit closer than we might be anticipating. Either way, it uh, looks like the white controller might be landing this fall. And so uh, that's Elite Series 2, not an Elite Series 3. And also Unity, the other, the other uh, development platform, has picked Microsoft's Azure Cloud for its preferred cloud, if you will, for the back end for its tooling. And so if you're a user of Unity, you'll be seeing a lot more Azure here in the future. And those are the highlights of the week, my friends. Now, let's dive into the question. Brother Nod says, where are all the Surface Pro 9 rumors? Shouldn't it be out soon? Is it going to be disappointing? Uh, if you remember, is this the Surface Pro? I can't remember. I can't remember which Surface Pro this is. No. Yes, this is the Surface Pro 8 right here. Uh, remember, the Surface Pro 8 was the big redesign that we'd all been waiting for. I believe the code name for that was Carmel, the, the redesign. And so I'm not expecting a redesign in any meaningful capacity now with the Surface Pro for a while. So we're primarily, I believe, gonna be seeing a chip spec bump for the Surface Pro 9, at least that's what I've been hearing. And so that, I mean, disappointing, I don't know, depends how you describe it, but knowing Microsoft, it's probably going to be 12th gen stuff. That's what they like to do. They're typically about a year behind from what the market is doing or what Intel is releasing. So I think there's a Raptor Lake that's coming out or Meteor Lake. I can't remember which the next gen, 13th gen uh, chipset, but either way, I'd be looking forward to 12th gen popping into the Service Pro. I believe that is where Microsoft is headed. Next question, Kunox says, happy Friday, but happy Friday to you, Kunox. In your last video, you mentioned that the hiring freeze has hit Xbox. Yes, by the way, I forgot to mention that earlier in the video. Um, there's a, a, the hiring freeze is now all across the board of Microsoft. Uh, I noted that, I think it was on Monday, and then the Wall Street Journal came out, I think, on Tuesday or something like that. So you can go back and watch the Xbox video. But either way, the hiring freeze all across Microsoft. I believe this also includes game studios as well. He says, in your last video, you mentioned that the hiring freeze has hit Xbox. And I noticed the same thing a couple weeks ago because open positions on MS Career Site went from hundreds of plus down to five roles overnight. Uh, looks like this impact has, it, has impacted at least 343, the Coalition, Turn 10, Rare, the Initiative, as well as others and non-gaming studios. How long do you think the freeze will last? And have there been similar freezes? Okay, here's going to be a phrase you're probably going to be hearing for a while. It's called right sizing. And this is companies saying, look, we've been hiring like crazy for the past couple of years trying to meet demand. And now we got to right size the organization. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean layoffs, but that just means that, hey, there's going to be natural headcount reduction. Because let's let's say an employee decides to leave Microsoft to go to work at Google. Uh, we'll just use that as an example. Nobody from Microsoft is doing that. Just kidding. Yes, they are. Either way, uh, that would be a natural way to reduce headcount as people just leaving the, the company just through other opportunities without layoffs. So that is going to be some shrinking of overhead 
as these companies go forward and stop hiring. And so that's going to be typically companies like to call that right sizing. Sometimes they'll use that with layoffs uh, if they're doing just a little bit of trimming across the board and as right sizing. But I think that's going to be a phrase that we hear for a while. Now, when is the hiring freeze going to end? What are tomorrow's lottery numbers? We don't know. It's really going to depend on economic demand and how, with the viability of growing. If Microsoft can push through this economic whatever uncertainty that we're in right now and grow, then there's likely that the hiring freeze will not last very long because they're making more money and they could justify more headcount. If we see the market really kind of just flatline for a while, then it's going to maintain that course. And so we don't really know. It's definitely going to be for the foreseeable future. And let's just pretend that Microsoft says tomorrow we're going to start hiring again. Well, hiring is not a short term process. You got to put the job application back up. You got to get applicants in. You got to get people through the process. I mean, you're looking three ish months before opening a job application to getting somebody hired is pretty typical. So um, we'll see there. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you, Microsoft. You can see here just the <laughs> thing behind me just completely collapsed. Where did the image go? The technical difficulties of kind of scared me there for a second. You can see like it just it just decided, hey, I don't want to be running anymore and decided to turn itself off. Maybe maybe the screen was right sizing itself. We don't know. We don't know. We'll see. Uh, let me get back to the questions. That really really threw me off there for a second. Mr. PKI coming in with two questions this week. We'll start with the first one and get to the last one because you got the last question of the week. Since it's a quiet week, I don't know if it was quiet. A lot of cuts, a lot of things going on, a lot of questions, but I appreciate the, the second question. Uh, I thought I would open with this question. With companies reducing or cutting travel, which they absolutely are, should we expect that in-person conference and events will return to virtual only again? It's a good question. I don't, I don't think we will. I think hybrid events are going to be what we see for a while. Now, companies will definitely be cutting how many people are going to events. For example, Microsoft going to Gamescom. We already know that. I bet that non-essential employees for that production will not be going uh, to Gamescom. Microsoft has already internally said, hey, we're tightening the belt on travel and, and cash going out the door that doesn't need to be, you know, events and other sort of things. And so it wouldn't surprise me, but I bet the attendance at these conferences is going to be smaller than, let's say, if the economy was uh, booming, if you will. Confused Geek says, ClipChamp coming to Xbox. I don't know if ClipChamp will come to Xbox. Xbox definitely needs an improved video editor. ClipChamp could maybe be weaseled into that. One of the things they will have to work on, which I don't believe ClipChamp currently supports, is controller input. I mean, it probably technically supports it, but it's not optimized in any meaningful way. Not to mention, you have to get ClipChamp running on an Xbox, which isn't just a drag-and-drop scenario, so there would be some work there. It might... I don't want to say it won't, but Xbox desperately does need an improved video editor. I think that's pretty pretty across the board. Okay, uh, Ross says, After just over a year, Windows Update has finally started telling me that this PC can run Windows 11, but I'm still not actually being offered it. Is there any way to check what the issue is as to why it's not actually being offered yet or does have to wait or install via ISO? There was the PC Health Check app that was in announced... Uh, it was about a year ago it was being pushed out the door so i would go look for that app i don't know the current status of it they definitely had some issues with it right away telling people whose machines were not capable of running windows 11 that it would and, and vice versa so i would go check the pc health check app that might be your best bet you can always just shove it via iso but i would personally be a little bit weary because microsoft as we all know changed the the baseline requirements specifically on the tpm requirement and so 
your device, why or may not, why or why, why or why not would run Windows 11. There's a lot of variables here, consider, like when compared going from eight to 10. So I would check for that application. PC Health Checkup is gonna be your best bet to understand why. And Mr. PKI with his second question, rounding out the week, he says, are you still playing Halo Infinite? I play Halo Infinite every once in a while, but not nearly as much as I play Warzone. Actually, one of the gripes that I have with Xbox, just, not just Infinite or Warzone, is that uh, quick resume, there's a, I don't know if I want to call it a bug, but I guess it's a bug is a fair way to say it. Online games with quick resume don't work exceptionally well. This is apparent when you're playing Halo Infinite multiplayer or Warzone multiplayer, where quick resume works. It brings you right back in. So you, you click the icon, it brings you right back into the lobby. The problem is because it's an online only game, that lobby has effectively gone stale. And the only way to get the game to kind of re like, like populate again is you have to kill the game and then restart it. So I was asking on Twitter yesterday, I said, hey, is there any way to turn off quick resume for specific titles? Halo Infinite falls into this. I believe Fall Guys. It's primarily any game where you're uh, put into a lobby before you start the, the online multiplayer match. What happens is that that lobby that you're in has just evaporated because it's been 24, 48, how many ever hours since you last played. And so you have to get back out of the lobby. And the easiest way to do that is to kill the game and restart it especially in Warzone with Playzone updates, and then everybody's online was saying, like, Infinite has the same thing, and so I'm hoping that Microsoft gives us a way to just turn off Quick Resume, that the Series X is so dang fast anyways, that the loading of the game doesn't really bother me. It's now more of a longer process, honestly, because I, I open up Warzone, the game needs to be crashed, so I crash it, and then I, I killed or closed or whatever, and then restart it, and people were saying, well, just close it after time, every time after you play. Yes, that's a workaround, but it's not It's not the, the way Xbox was intended to be run. So um, I do still play Halo Infinite on occasion, not nearly as much as I did at launch, mostly because I was hoping that their mini Warzone uh, or mini Royale mode was going to kind of scratch the itch of a Halo Battle Royale, but it really didn't. And so here we are. Uh, are you still watching the Halo TV series? Did you finish the series? I did not finish the series because my free 30-day trial ran out. And so I believe I still have the last two episodes left in that series. I will finish it one day. But that, that day is uh, not today, actually, for all mankind. The season finale has come out, and it's like a 90-minute episode we'll have to watch with my wife. And that will be the end of that. So, there you go, guys. That is the week in a little bit of a nutshell. Hopefully, you had a wonderful week. Hopefully, this whole podcast worked and recorded correctly. And uh, we'll see you next week. We'll see what's going on with Gamescom. Hopefully, some Starfield. We'll see what's going on in the world of Windows 11. Hopefully, we'll start to get some more information about the Surface event coming up. As always... Appreciate you hanging out. Appreciate you coming. Have a wonderful week, and we'll catch all of you right back here next time.